Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Holt Norris, joined by my good friend Jordan Brooks. We call him JB. What's going on, JB? Pretty awesome, Holt. Uh, it's been a couple of uh, long days for me. Car troubles. Always fun, isn't it? Yeah, car troubles are the worst, especially this time of year. I feel like when the weather starts changing, and that's like, for some reason, that's when car problems start happening. Is that just me or no? I think also it's because fall is when we do all the traveling, too. So it's always when you're wanting to travel is when the cars want to have their issues. So I know you're going on a road trip next next weekend, but were you planning on taking that one? No, no, it will not be this car. But, you know, it's still like, you know, it's still a car I want to have reliable for road trips. I'm just not going to take it for this one, though. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully we get that resolved for you, JB. Pray I for know, it. I know how much uh, car problems, uh, how annoying they can be. Um. But anyway, uh, this is the SEC Slow Smoked Podcast. Um, as mentioned, um, this is your first time listening. Uh, we're just a couple of dudes who love football. And uh, we're just going to talk about uh, all the SEC games. This is our preview uh, podcast for, um, is it week eight already? It is. Gosh, dang. Already so, uh, past halfway in the season. So we're already in week eight. Um, Sad, isn't it? Yep, it is. A uh, good amount of teams are off this week. Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and A&M are all off this week. So... Um, not as many games this week as we've had, but, um, we will of course pick all the games with the spread because we're not going to be babies about it. We're going to actually pick the spread. We're not just going to, you know, anyone could just pick Alabama to win every week. That's not really doing anything. That's not, you got to do the spread. Um, and then we got, uh, our lock of the week at the end of the podcast, as well as our upset pick and JB, um, the people should know this by now, but our locks of the week have been, have been on fire the last few weeks. They have. How many weeks in a row have we gotten this lock? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. I think it's I have to three go weeks back in and look, but it's 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 been it's been going, and we've had we've been over five hundred on our picks for a while now. Um, been really hot. We worked out the kinks in the early part of the season. Now that we figured these teams out, we can't miss. So yeah. if you want to make money, listen to us. That's right. I mean, you know, we had a, a I think like week two and week three were a little rough, but we bounced back in a big way. And uh, I mean, have you seen Stanford Steve's picks this year on game day? I haven't. He's like, yeah, he's doing awful. He's like. He's like at 38% or something like so that. So we're better than he is. And he's getting, you know, he's on like national television giving picks. Like, <laughs> but, you know. There's that, other guys you can listen to for good picks, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, uh, there's two of them right here. Yep, exactly. So uh, you definitely came to the right place. Um, if you would, please um, subscribe uh, to our podcast and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SEC Slow Smoke. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. Um, and, of course, uh, with it being our uh, Tuesday a preview podcast. Uh, we are going to go through um, all the SEC games this week, um, starting uh, chronologically with the first game. Uh, working our way through, as always. Um, so getting this kicked off, 11 a.m. this week, Mississippi State coming off a of bye week, goes up to uh, Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. Um, this line started out about nine a few days ago, and now it's all the way down to six. JB, how are we feeling about this one? A lot of money coming in on the Mississippi State side, even with um, Will Rogers, who is not going to be playing. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, they haven't, they're not going to officially announce anything, but from what I understand, he's not going to play. Yeah, so that's, it is interesting how the, there is a lot of money coming in for State. Um, you know, this is another crossroads game. I feel like I've, we've been using that as a recurring theme the last few weeks, but um, it's another one of those games where – I feel like the loser of this game is probably in bad shape to go to a bowl this year, especially on Arkansas side. I think this is a bigger must win for Arkansas um, than it is for Mississippi State. Um, this game, it's really going to come down to um, you know KJ Jefferson. Can they get him? Can they protect him? 
And can uh, Arkansas continue to score? Because we know how bad State's defense has been this year. And also, can State generate enough offense to keep up with Arkansas in this game? I think those are going to be the two biggest storylines. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, if you look at uh, the quarterbacks who have played against Mississippi State the last few weeks, uh, they put up a lot of numbers. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels had a big game. Spencer Rattler had a big game. Uh, um, Milrow had a big game from Alabama. And even the third-string quarterback of Western Michigan had a, had a pretty good game against Mississippi State. So um, I expect a really big game from KJ Jefferson on Saturday. Um, you know, just looking at the spread, though, did, did you pick? Did you make a pick in this one? No, I've not made a pick yet. Okay. All right. I feel I like we're still sure. analyzing I, it. I thought, but... that, uh, I thought that maybe um, you did and I just missed no, it. No, not yet. But, uh, you know, six points for a team that's this two and five, even though it is at home. I mean, I, Arkansas is better than their two and five record. They but absolutely are. Sometimes I feel like you got to learn how to win before you can learn how to win and cover. And, uh, you know, I was I was looking at this earlier. The last uh, five trips Mississippi State's taken to Arkansas, they're actually 4-1. Uh, and one. That's really good. So they've done pretty well up at Arkansas. Obviously, this isn't, you know, uh, this isn't Dan Mullen and Brett Bielema like a lot of those games were. Um, or John L. Smith with the with the transfer <laughs> portal. Yeah, there's a blast from the past. Um, with the transfer portal the way that it is now, um, you know, I don't know how much you know previous matchups really matter. But uh, you know, Mississippi State has done pretty well when they've gone up to Fayetteville. And uh, you know, this Arkansas team, while I do think they are the better team, um, you know, I don't know if I'm if I'm comfortable picking them to cover. Yeah, um, can go ahead and just give you my pick. Um, I like Arkansas to cover, and the biggest reason for me is, one, Mississippi State's defense. I just haven't seen enough from them to really make me believe that they can even stop this offense. I mean, I I just think that, you know, between the two, between Arkansas's offensive line and Mississippi State's defense, I I just like Arkansas's offense a little bit more in this one. And my other concern is, can Mississippi State keep up? And I just don't think they can. I don't think it's going to be an absolutely ugly game. I just think that this is going to be more like a 10 to 13 point, you know, you know, victory for a comfortable win, but not a blowout by any means. Yeah. And um, for those of you who remember Mike Wright from his time at Vanderbilt, um, he's most likely going to be the quarterback for Mississippi State on Saturday. He's played a good bit this year. Um, Obviously brings a lot more, um, you know, of a running threat than Will Rogers does. So I expect the offense to look a lot different this week. And, uh, you know, not only is uh, Will Rogers out, but uh, Jaquavius Marks, the running back, is probably going to be out. And uh, the second string running back is also supposed to be out. So a lot of weapons, a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of injuries uh, on Mississippi State. And then uh, Rocket Sanders also will not be able to play in this game for Arkansas, um, which you really hate to see. Yeah, you really hate. He just really hasn't been able to get healthy yeah. this year. And it is a backs against the wall game for both teams, but not as much for Mississippi State as it is for Arkansas. Like if Arkansas loses this game. You can go ahead and kiss the season goodbye. I mean, the season's pretty much over. Done. Nada. So, and State, you know, if you look at their schedule, the next four games, they have a chance to, um, you know, split these next four. I mean, two and two, I think, is reasonable. I think one and three is more than achievable. If they win one of the next three, they'll win against Southern Miss before they go into the Egg Bowl. They should be at least going to the Egg Bowl, either already bowl eligible at six and five, or they should be five and six with a chance to get to a bowl. Arkansas, on the other hand, if they lose this game, you look at the remaining schedule for them, they're not going to a bowl. Yeah, it's it's going to be really tough uh, for Arkansas to bounce back if they lose this game. In fact, I'm almost to the point now where I'm thinking whichever coach loses this game is really going to be feeling the heat 
um, especially if it's Sam Pittman. Um, I think Arkansas fans are expecting to win this game pretty easily. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I am going to take Mississippi State to cover the six. I don't feel great about it. Um, I felt a lot better about it when it was nine on Sunday. Um, obviously, some more people are thinking the way that I'm thinking on that one. But um, I just I just have a feeling coming off the bye week, um, you know, with a, maybe a revamped offense a little bit, uh, they can get a lead early. And Arnett, I mean, he's got to retake the defense, I feel like. I mean, the defense has been so bad under Matt Brock. You know, if you're Zach Arnett, you can't be um, – you can't be thinking about this like, oh, I, I need to just leave my defensive coordinator alone because Mike Leach left me alone. He needs yeah. to be thinking like, if we don't get this defense figured out, we're all getting fired. So it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Um, and so I think Arnett needs to just like put his hands back on this defense and just say, hey, like I'm, you know, I'm calling the plays now. I'm in charge. Yeah, Barbe is going to run the offense because I don't know anything about offense because I'm a defensive guy. And then you know we're just going to go from there. But you know, uh, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. I don't know. Um, but I do expect Mississippi State to cover the six points, maybe get an early lead. But I do like Arkansas to, to come back and get the win. Yeah. Uh, hard fault win. I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I mean, and I definitely think it can be. I mean, I mean, I have Arkansas winning. Like, if I had to give a score, it would be 27-17. But, I mean, I, I could see it to where, you know, it's Arkansas kicking a field goal to ISIS game late in the fourth quarter. You know, I don't think it's going to be like one of those. It's not going to be necessarily fully comfortable, but I think Arkansas will be in control. Yeah. But, um, you know, that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the 2.30 time slot. Um, Tennessee travels down to Alabama. Um, obviously, this is a uh, rivalry game. It's a revenge game for Alabama. Um, Alabama's a nine-point favorite. Um, I was a little surprised when I saw that. I thought it would you know, probably be closer to seven. Um, but what was your what's your um, analysis on this one? Yeah, like I think the line started off at ten and a half, but I feel like I'm, with some sports books, I've seen it go as low as eight. Um, today I saw it was eight and a half, I think on DraftKings to start the day. And I think it's now back up to nine. So it just continues to go back and forth money coming on both sides. I think with this game, you know, it's, it's a battle of which quarterback can make bigger, more plays to win this game for each team. Milrow and Joe Milton, both of those guys have been very inconsistent. Both have shown some flashes at times, but other times, uh, more often than not, neither quarterback is really taking the game in their own hands. Um, also, I think both teams, you know, defensively have been really sound. Um, Tennessee's offensive line and defensive line have been really good. I mean, arguably, collectively, you could say their offensive line and defensive line might be the best, you know, collectively in the conference. Um, Tennessee defensive line uh, was able to generate a huge push on AM last week. I think Max Johnson got pressured. Out of 43 dropbacks, he was pressured on 26 of those which is pretty astounding. I mean, especially Texas A&M's offensive line is not terrible by any means. And then um, Tennessee's offensive line, they were able to generate over 230 yards against A&M's rushing defense that allows less than 100 a game. Alabama's allows a little bit more than A&M's. So what I'm really watching for in this game, one is quarterback play with Milton and Milrow, who can make bigger plays. Also, the biggest matchup is going to be, I think, Tennessee's offensive line versus Alabama's defensive line. It's the same as that Tennessee A&M game. Who wins that battle? I think if Tennessee can generate a running game to take pressure off Milton, they're going to have a chance in it. But if Tennessee cannot get the run game going at all, um, I don't see them keeping up at all. And honestly, I could see them being held to under 15 points a game. And I think if you're going to win this game in Tuscaloosa, you're going to have to score 25 or more. I really think that's going to be the benchmark for Tennessee. If they're going to win, 
Alabama. If you shut down Tennessee's run game, I think you're in pretty good shape. But um, overall, um, with this line, I like Tennessee to cover the plus nine, but I like Alabama to win outright. I think the final score is going to be something like it's going to be. I think it's going to be a grinded out kind of game, a very classic third Saturday in October. Uh, my final score is going to be um, twenty to twelve. I think Tennessee's only going to get four field goals. They won't get in the end zone at all. Yeah, and um, you know, you said a lot of what I was going to say right there. I mean, th- truthfully, um, I just have not liked what I've seen from Joe Milton so far this year. Um, and this game reminds me a lot of the Alabama A&M game a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, every team that's played Alabama has been able to sack Milrow. So I definitely expect Tennessee to get some negative plays, but Milrow also has the ability to create the big chunk plays. Um, and that's what he was able to do in the A&M game. That's what he was able to do last week against Arkansas. And I don't have, I don't see any reason why he won't be able to do that again this week against Tennessee. Um, you know, on the other hand, um, with Milton, um, just has not has not flowed well this year. Um, has not been accurate. Has not been able to create those big plays. And I mean, it's not it's not just him. I mean, also feel like their receivers aren't you know as dynamic as they were a season ago. I think they have some good receivers, but you know they don't have uh, you know a Hyatt. And then obviously um, McCoy is out for the year with the the ankle injury. Um, or Cedric Tillman. <clears throat> right. So. Um, just not as, uh, not as explosive just as a whole on offense. And, um, you know, Nick Saban really, uh, you know, really does well against one dimensional offenses, especially when that one dimension is running the ball. So I just think this is a bad, a bad spot for Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I'm not like in love with Milrow. I definitely think that, uh, he could, you know, make some mistakes in this game to get Tennessee in good field position. Um, or maybe even score defensively. Um, and then obviously, you know, Tennessee, they're going to have to create a lot of negative plays. Which I think they will, but they got to force turnovers too. They're going to have to force turnovers. And I think they're also going to have to uh, make Milrow feel the pressure. And I do think Tennessee is going to be able to get pressure in the backfield against Milrow. Every team has been able to get pressure on Alabama. And I think this is the best defensive line Alabama's faced all season. So Alabama's offensive line can be in a world of trouble. Um, Tennessee's defensive line is also really good at stopping the ball, stopping the run. So, I mean, if there is a strength on this Tennessee team, it is controlling the line of scrimmage on defense. Uh, their defensive line is, you know, full of workhorses. I mean, I think James Pierce, an emerging star on that defensive line, probably going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft next year. Um, his draft, his grades are outstanding. I mean, if you've seen any of his films, so um, the impact he makes. I mean, that's one. If Tennessee is going to, like I said, have a chance in this game, it's going to come from their play on the defensive line, even more so than generating a run game on offense. So their defensive line is going to have to create some turnovers, create, um, make Milrow force into a mistake too. Yeah. Um, what do you think we're going to need to see from each of these teams for you to believe that they're, you know, a legit contender for the SEC? I mean, we're, we're not going to talk about Georgia too much today, obviously, because they're off. But, of course, the news comes out that Brock Bowers is out for an extended period, probably the season, uh, with his, uh, his ankle injury he had against Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know if they're if they've completely ruled out like the you know a bowl game or playoff or whatever, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back you know at least for the regular season. Um, what do you need to see from Tennessee or Alabama in this game to make you think that they could maybe contend for the SEC title? Yeah, for both teams, you know, I guess we could make this point too. They're both one loss, so each team if one of them loses this game, you can call it elimination for the playoff. 
Um, on the Tennessee side of things, I think the biggest thing for them is is Joe Milton. Can you get any sort of um, um, consistency out of Joe Milton? I mean, I think that if he was just making accurate throws, um, they can be serviceable on the on the, you know at least in the air game, you know. But on the Alabama side, I think it's the offensive line. Their offensive line has to continue to get better, um, not force Milrow into uh, making bad decisions. Um, you know, you you've seen. Um, Jermaine Burton emerged the last few weeks. He's become more of a playmaker for them. He's not as good as the playmakers we've seen at Alabama receiver in the past, but he's been pretty solid the last few weeks. But, I mean, it seems like I'm I'm saying quarterback play for Alabama too, but for me it's their offensive line. Um, I need to see more better pass protection so Milrow isn't forced to make any mistakes. I think if you can protect Milrow, give him some time, um, he can be a pretty good quarterback. So that is really the big thing for both these teams. Um, I think both are pretty sound defensively. I think there's no question about that. I think for both teams, if they want to take a leap, contend against Georgia, they're going to have to be better on the offensive line side for Alabama. Tennessee, they can only go as far as Joe Milton can take them. Yeah, that's some great analysis there, JB. Good job. Um, Is that sarcasm? No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> um, all right. Also, yeah, p- people always say to me, like, I don't know if you're joking or if you're serious. <laughs> I like that. I, I, li- I like to keep people guessing. But, uh, also at 2.30, uh, South Carolina uh, travels to the other uh, Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Missouri is a seven-point favorite coming into this one. Um, you know, obviously coming off the big win at Kentucky. Um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, say that I'm going to take South Carolina plus seven. Um, I think they're going to cover it. I think this is a, this is a letdown spot for Missouri coming off a couple of big wins in a row. Or Sorry, they did not win two games ago. Uh, <laughs> coming off the uh, the really emotional game against LSU, going on the road, getting the big emotional win against Kentucky last week. Um, I think this is kind of a letdown spot for them. I think South Carolina matches up really well uh, with Missouri. Uh, Missouri's pass defense has really struggled this year, and I think Spencer Rattler is going to have uh, a ton of yards in this game, put up a lot of points. Um, I, I'm still going to take Missouri to win. Um, you know, obviously a very close game. It's kind of a you know a small window saying that they're going to. Um, the South Carolina is going to cover and still lose. Um, but you know, I just think that, uh, I think this Missouri offense might get off to a little bit of a slow start in this game. And, uh, I think, um, Rattler is going to put up a lot of uh, numbers and points in this game. Yeah. Well, I can go ahead and tell you right now, go ahead and pick the over in this game. Um, this game is going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be exciting. Um, you're going to see Rattler make a lot of good plays. Um, you're going to see Brady cook, um, move the ball, march on the, down the field. I mean, this South Carolina defense is the worst in the SEC, bar none. Um, they're horrible in all facets, um, especially in the secondary and especially in stopping the run. Um, I think the difference in this game is going to be Missouri getting enough pressure on Rattler because the offensive line for South Carolina is horrendous. And I think the only the main, the main only way I can see South Carolina having a chance to beating Missouri is if Rattler can be mistake-free. Um, we have seen when Rattler is under pressure and under duress, he is prone to making mistakes. I think he's going to make a few mistakes in this game. I think Missouri is going to be able to move the ball soundly. Um, if you had to give me a final score, I think the final score is going to be 45-30 to 30 in favor of Missouri. I like Missouri to so cover. An easy, an easy over, too. An easy over, and I think Missouri is going to cover as well. Beamer, unfortunately, might end up breaking his other foot because of how bad his defense is going to look this Saturday. Uh, did I miss something? Did he break his foot? Did you not see his press conference no, today? No. Yeah, he talked about how he uh, kicked something that he shouldn't have kicked, and he ended up breaking a bone in, in uh, I think it was his left foot. You didn't uh, see that? No, I, I missed that. <laughs> 
No surprises though. Um, speaking, so the over under in this game is uh, sixty. So I think we're both saying like we want the over in that. I like the over. I mean, I got Especially the over being crushed seventy five points total with my forty five thirty pick. Yeah, and I mean. Both teams are, are going to be able to move the ball pretty easily, I think, especially Missouri. But, you know, just like I'm saying, I, I think coming off of, uh, you know, a couple emotional games in a row, um, a big win last week, um, you know, I think Missouri has uh, held their own against South Carolina the last few years. They and, have. Uh, I think South Carolina might come to this game a little bit pissed off. Missouri won last but, year there, too. Yeah. I, th- I want to say that Drink has not lost to South Carolina. You know, I think you are correct. I don't think Drink has, has lost to them. And, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a trap game for Missouri. Let's not get that wrong at all because Missouri, after this game, they are off, and then they have two of the biggest games of their season with going to Athens and then hosting Tennessee the following week. So, But, you know, my belief is Missouri's going to come in focus in this game. I think they see the big picture. I like Missouri, like I said, to win this game. And like I said, I think that Rattler's going to be forced into a couple of mistakes because of being under duress probably more than half the game. And I think that's ultimately going to be the difference. Yep. Uh, Saturday, October 6th, 2018 is the last time uh, South Carolina beat Missouri. Um, Drew Locke played in that game. Barry Odom. Yep. Um, so that was back in the Drew Lock for Heisman days of SEC yeah, so smoked. Yeah, that's right. I was uh, I was on Drew Lock back then. And I mean, he ended up making it to the NFL, so uh I still say they should have had a better record than they did that year. They definitely should have. But uh anyway, um so yeah, so I'm taking uh South Carolina to cover the 7, you're taking Missouri, so we disagree on that one, but we both agree we like the over. Um and by the way, did you see the over under in the Iowa Minnesota game? I'm going to guess it's probably 23. 32 and a half. <laughs> take the under. <laughs> oh, absolutely take the under here. Oh, my God. That game That game is going to be so ugly. Probably like, I don't know, 13 to 10. Lord. I don't even know if I don't even know if Minnesota is going to score a point in this game. <laughs> I mean, their oh. offense has not been good um, this season. And, I mean, we know how good Iowa's defense is. Um, can you believe Iowa has the worst offense in all of FBS? But if you look at the rest of their schedule, they're favored to win the rest of their games. Imagine if they're eleven and one. They'll be one fluke win away from going to the college football playoff. <laughs> yeah, and then what's crazy is they'd be like the fifth best team in the in the East. Yeah, you know? they're basically like the Kentucky of the Big Ten, right. but they play in a weak division, so they can win it by default. Yeah, it's kind of a really good comparison. They played in the was that last year they played in the bowl game. It Kentucky was, game. and then Iowa. you know Iowa's they pretty much have won that division more often than not. I mean, it's always been Iowa, or Wisconsin, but Iowa has had some pretty solid teams, but. They've had better offenses in the past. Um, their offense is, you know, straight out of 1999 with Brian Ferentz. I mean, it's just an ugly offense to watch. Completely outdated. It's like watching. It's like trying to operate with, you know, Microsoft Windows 95 in 2023. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So thanks for listening to uh, Big Ten Slow Smoked. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, 6 p.m. Um, Lane Kiffin, uh, traveling over to face his uh one of his predecessors, Hugh Freeze, um, in his first season at Auburn. Um, Ole Miss is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, JB, I'm, I should have looked this up beforehand, but I'm going to right now. Um, I don't think Ole Miss has won at Auburn since maybe Gene Chizik was there. I don't know. We're going to we're gonna have to find out. I but need that stat. But what are, you, what, are you thinking about, what are you thinking about this one? While you're looking it up, yeah, I mean, this is uh... – 
intriguing matchup for me. I think this is a game that Hugh Freeze absolutely has circled. And I think that this is going to be a game where, similar to the Georgia game, I think Auburn is going to come out guns blazing. They're going to have a few bag of tricks, I think, in this game to uh, frustrate that Ole Miss defense. I think Auburn's going to be able to get some explosive plays against this um, defense as well, especially if you've seen how bad that Ole Miss secondary has been this year. I think that uh, you're going to see some um, trickery from Auburn and to generate some points and big plays. I think Auburn's going to be able to hang in there for most of this game, make it interesting going into the fourth quarter. Um, if you want to give me a prediction to win this game, I do like Ole Miss to win. However, I like Auburn to cover that plus six and a half. All right, JB, I have the answer. Who is the last Ole Miss quarterback to win on the Plains? Is it Bo Wallace? Guess again. Was it further back? Oh, yeah. Eli Manning? Yep. Was Eli it in 2003? Manning, 2003. Wow. That's that was when, and, and even then that win was still, an, was still a difficult win because Ben Obamanu, I think that was his name, the wide receiver for Auburn, he dropped a surefire touchdown right through this, right through his hands. Um, I think that was when Jason Campbell was a quarterback for Auburn as well. God, man. Yeah. Actually, I lied. That was... Uh... They, they did win there in 2015, so Chad Kelly won So there. Chad Kelly, but still, that 3 Ole Miss-Auburn game was a thriller. Do you remember that game? No, I don't. That was... Uh, Man, I got a good memory. Yeah, I think two, if I'm going to start... Like, like when I start remembering like every game, is going to be like around 2005. Like, I remember some games from 03 and 04, but I would say like starting like 2005, 2006, that's when I started to like remember everything. So I was about, so I was born in 92. So what was that? That was probably yeah, like 12. That, that 03 Ole Miss Auburn game there, that's one of the best ones in the series. I mean, they, there's been a lot of good Ole Miss Auburn games, but that's one that always sticks in my memory. Um, that was one that Auburn fans would love to have back. But yeah. My, my ultimate point being is Ole Miss has not really done well in the series. Um, Auburn has kind of had uh, Ole Miss's number. Um, and this is also a really big game for Hugh Freeze. And uh, with it being a night game, you know, Auburn is probably one of the more underrated atmospheres. We remember, um, you know, last year, how, how crazy it got, um, you know, even late in the season, um, that I remember the A&M game last year. So I expect a really good environment. You know, Auburn's defense is playing really well. Yeah. And, and their think, season's not over and you know, six wins for them is still more than achievable. Yeah. And I think, you know, freeze and, uh, Philip Montgomery, the offense coordinator are going to have uh, some plays drawn up. Um, so I think they're gonna, uh, I think they're gonna pull the upset at home against uh, Ole Miss and obviously cover the six six and a okay, half. Okay, so that's an upset special for you. I didn't go that far. I got Ole Miss um, not covering. I got Auburn covering, but I'm not gonna go that far. But you know, I like your pick. Like Lee Corso say, that's a good pick. Yeah, that's right. Um, but not so fast, baby. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if Ole Miss gets the win in this one, that's uh, gonna be a, a really big win for them. Of course, they still do have the road trip to Georgia later in the year. But, um, you know, it's not really a gauntlet. I mean, they they have Vanderbilt and Texas A&M at home, which, you know, I mean, Texas A&M is going to be a tough game. But, uh, you know, it's, it is at home. And then they get Louisiana Monroe and then at Mississippi State. So, I mean, you could, uh, you know, you could draw up a scenario where they can maybe finish the season 10-2. and two. I mean, I I, don't, I think it's like asking a lot. But I think 9-3 is the floor if with they, Ole Miss. If, if they win on Saturday, I mean – Ten and two is very possible. Yeah, um, I think, like I said, their floor, in my opinion, is nine and three. That's probably going to get you a Citrus Bowl bid. Um, if they finish ten and two, you're going to New Year's Six, just like two years ago. Yeah. So, um, 
that would obviously be really big for uh for Lane Kiffin if they were able to do that. Um, auditioning. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't think A and M would hire Lane Kiffin. So See, I, I mean, wonder... there's a lot of jobs in the SEC that I think would salivate over potentially hiring Kiffin. I mean, Auburn, I pretty much was had him hired last year until um, news broke before Lane Kiffin wanted news to be broken. I mean, Auburn ended up getting Hugh Freeze. I was fine for them, but I mean, I think Florida could look at him eventually. I think that, uh, um, like you said, A and M could look at them. How long does Saban stay at Alabama? Yeah, I think Alabama fans really want Lane Kevin, which is kind of surprising to me. But you know, I mean, I definitely think I think that with Kiffin, you know, I mean, obviously Auburn's or uh, Ole Miss is paying him a lot of money right now. But I mean, he's a, he's think, a competitor. I think, yeah, I think he wants to go somewhere where like he can get, get more the, money, get the best players. See at A and M, he can buy all the players he wants because you know he every time he has those press conferences or you know just talking to the media. You can see he's not he's not complaining as much about NIL in my opinion as he is just sending a message to his boosters and to the Ole Miss fan base. We need more money without asking for money. Yeah, well, we all need more money. But uh that's another story. Um at six thirty, uh Army travels down to Baton Rouge, kind of an odd matchup. Um you don't see a lot of SEC teams playing a service academy academies, especially the Blue Bloods. But uh, Army is going to go down there. LSU is a 30-point favorite. Um, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm actually going to take Army to cover the 30 points. Um, been a little uh, underdog heavy this week, but um, I think it's just I think it's going to be the week of the underdogs. Um, you know, I think this is a situation where, you know, LSU might kind of treat this like a bye week. You know, they're going to try to get a lead, and then they're going to um, get their starters out of there. There's no need to uh, risk injury to – you know, Daniels or any of the receivers, you know, I think army and, you know, coach Munkin does a great job there. Um, I think they're going to be able to sustain some drives and, you know, kill some time off the clock. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be a close game by any means. I just think that Auburn's going to get, or sorry, Auburn, I think uh, LSU's going to get a, <laughs> Wrong tigers. Uh, a decent lead and just kind of sit on it, you know, maybe rest the starters a little bit. And, um, you know, I think this is going to be a, a really short game. Um, I don't think it's going to take too long. And, uh, I think Army's going to cover the 30 points. I like that pick. Um, I think, and I, I do agree that I think LSU is, in some ways, is going to treat it like a bye week, but also I think in the way they're going to treat it like a bye week is that they're going to jump out to a big lead, take care of business early. I don't think they want to give Army any hope, so I think what you're going to see is you're going to see LSU probably up at halftime, something like maybe 35-3. to three. I think LSU is just going to score at will in the first half. Um, get up to a big lead. I like I like LSU to cover too, because even with their reserves and in the second half, they're going to still continue to score. Army's offense is just not built to um, score at will. So I mean, I like I like LSU to cover mainly because I think they're going to just pour it on in the first half, try to get Jaden Daniels out of the game by you know, you know after the first series in the third quarter, honestly. And now for everyone's favorite part of the show, the part everyone's been looking forward to, um, our locks of the week. Uh, JB, I'm going to let you go first. Who's your lock of the week this week? Yeah, my lock of the week, um, I think I already pretty much said it um, in one of my predictions, but I like uh, Missouri to cover that seven-point spread. I like them to you know win in a shootout, but I also like them just you know not pretty pretty much outscore South Carolina where I just don't know if South Carolina is ever going to get a stop on Missouri. That's how confident I am. Um, I think that uh, Missouri is going to cover that seven-point spread. That's my lock. All right. Well, your lock is going against one of my picks, so that's not that's not a good sign for one of us. Um, 
I'm going to go outside the SEC. I'm actually going to go out to the Pac-12. And I don't like picking against a hot team like Washington, who might be the best team in the country. But coming off a big win um, at home, biggest game of the year, college game day, they're a 28-and-a-half-point favorite against Arizona State, a team that they lost to last year. Um, I'm going to take Arizona State to cover the 28-and-a-half as my lock of the week. I like that pick. Um, that's just, that's a lot of points. Um, you know, and just like I said, I mean, Arizona state won this game last year. Um, and Washington's coming off an emotional victory, very emotional win. Everyone's telling them how great they are. Reading their press script clippings. We've got Desmond Howard chanting big Phoenix energy on college game day. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that was all about, but, um, you know, I, again, I love Washington. I actually hate picking against the hot team, just like I said, but Man, 28 and a half in a conference game like this. Like, they're not Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, like when Alabama's rolling, they're favored by, like, four touchdowns in a conference right. game. Like, uh, well, I don't think Washington's quite on that level. No, and I, I do like your pick, though. I'm, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying Washington is not going to cover, but, you know, I like your pick because, like you said, they are coming off an emotional victory. Um, on my side of things, I've been really successful picking home dogs in the group of five ranks. And there were three group of five games where there were you three. You better not have the same one as me. There were three home dogs that I was very interested in. Three home dogs. Um, two of them from the Sun Belt. One of them is from the American. I am going with the game that is in the American Athletic Conference. Okay, good, good. I like uh, in the Battle of the Bones, by the way. This is the Battle of I-22, the Battle of the Bones. Memphis playing at UAB. Trent Dilfer, he's got... UAB a lot better than that two and five record, in my opinion. He's got a really solid team there in Birmingham. Um, Zeno has had a pretty good season. And I just, after seeing the way I, I saw Memphis play live last week, um, you know, and that just something about their offense, like it's very anemic if you watch them play. And I just think that uh, UAB is going to be able to um, pull off this upset here. I'm going, I just love group of five home teams. And I'm going to go with UAB here now. There were two other group of five games. Is it all right if I reveal the other two that I was sure. debating? Yeah. The other two I was debating was App State at Old Dominion, and the other one I was debating, um, I just had it. I just had it in my mind, App State Old Dominion, and there was the other um, Sun Belt game too. Sorry, just had a brain fart. Oh, Coastal Carolina at Arkansas State. Um, that was the other one I was debating as well. But overall, I'm going with UAB plus five and a half over Memphis. Yeah, the group of five is also uh, where I like to go um, on some of these picks. I just think there's a really good value there. The lines aren't quite as sharp as they are in a lot of the ranked matchups. But um, I'm glad you didn't pick them because I was going to go with uh, Old Dominion to pull the upset at home against App State. It's only six and a half, so it's not like a huge upset. And App State, just they don't look like the App State of old. No, they don't. They, defensively, App State has really struggled this year. They're just not the same. And uh, Old Dominion has played some... Uh, you know they've had some good performances this year. I mean, especially I, against Power Five teams, they yeah. always play. They they've beaten like Virginia Tech a couple of times in the last few years. Right, and uh, they they uh, had a close loss to Wake Forest. Uh, they had a close loss at Marshall, who's really good this year. Um, but they've they've really played well um, defensively, and um, you know App State, they just don't stop anyone anymore. Like I just I feel like uh, you know Old Dominion, the Monarchs at home. Um, I think they're going to come away with uh, the upset win over App State, so that's my upset pick. Of the that week. was probably that was my second choice. So I'm glad you and I had different picks. And part of me had a feeling you were you're going to pick that game. So, you know, I don't want both of us to have the same lock. So I'm 
I think I think both of us have a good shot of getting our um, upset picks again. Make it three in a row for both of us. That's right. Um, well, that's it for all of our picks, JB. Um, did you have any have anything else you wanted to talk about? Any uh, any good movies you've seen lately? Any uh, any any good songs? No, not any good movies, but not any good movies. But I finally got around on Netflix. Um, I'm sure a lot of pe- people have seen these. Um, you know the tapes as we call them, the um, the Ted Bundy tapes, the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes, all those. Well. Finally got around to watching the John Wayne Gacy tapes, and I have to say, um, he might have been the worst serial killer of all. Like as far as like just vile and cruel and um, downright hate hateful, um, the way he tortured his victims. Um, I don't know if you watched his tapes yet, but um, he just seemed like the most sinister of all the serial killers that I've at least heard about. I'm not like saying I'm interested in serial killers, but if you watch the John Wayne Gacy tapes, they are pretty disturbing. Yeah, I have, um, I've seen parts of them. I, um, you know, I, I've seen, uh, I've, I've not watched it, but it's been on while I've been, you know, over at someone's house and, you know, it was a little bit disturbing, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know if I've seen anything too good lately. I mostly just been watching football and I mean, this time of year, I don't really watch a lot of TV shows and stuff. I pretty much everything I watch is centered around football, um, and baseball, obviously, of course the Braves lost, so that sucks, but. That's a, that's a huge loss for about 90% of SEC country. Yeah, I know. That's, that's like the one thing that SEC fans can usually agree on is like they may all hate each other's colleges, but they're pretty much all Braves fans, at least most of them. But uh, that was definitely a tough a tough loss. Um, I hated to see it, but, um, you know, I have a uh, an Austin Riley um, like name patch from like a jersey that he wore, and I keep wanting him to have like some big postseason moments. So maybe it'll be like worth something one day and I can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I've got some autographs and stuff too. So hoping, uh, some of those Braves, Braves pull it out so I can, uh, so I can sell it on, on eBay, it, cash in on eBay. But, uh, that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, get out of here. Uh, we won't ramble on too much longer, but, um, just like I said earlier, if you would, uh, just follow us on Instagram and Twitter, we'd really appreciate it. Um, as well as uh, share the video or share the um, podcast with anyone you know who likes uh, college football. Um, you know, you can always send us any questions for the show. Uh, you can DM us at SEC Slow Smoked on Instagram or Twitter, um, or you can uh, email us um, SEC Slow Smoked at gmail.com. Um, we'll be back with you guys on Sunday to recap all the action. And uh, until then, enjoy your football. <laughs>